Welcome back to the Frizz and the Grease podcast with your hosts, Prudo and D. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. It's your boy Trudeau. D, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, man. No intro with ChatGBT today, so it's a better day than what it was last week when we were reading off a script. It sounds more humid this week. Not humid. I don't know why I said humid. It feels humid, but it sounds more human this week. Definitely humid as fuck. Uh, this past week was like 110 degrees, felt like. Um, but yeah, it, it, we want to welcome y'all with us not reading off of the teleprompter, so we appreciate you guys being here. We're no longer reading off of a script from ChatGBT. I feel like I could do that. I feel like the, I was decent at the teleprompter last week. You you sounded so fake, man. I listened to it back. It, it sounded so painful for you. It wasn't fun because it's not organic. Uh, I saw like like the panned camera of like an ESPN. Uh, like It was like first take or something like that. And like they turned the camera and you could see like, what they're supposed to read when they're obviously like presenting and whatnot. I was like, I, I don't know if I could do that. Like, it's got to be, it's got to be real for me. It can't be just like something that some dude put together and was like, hey, I need you to say this. And they're like, all right, let me go ahead and read that off. Like, it, I don't feel like I can't put my. It's always away. like, uh, you're listening to Frizz and the Grizz on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line presented by Taco Bell and State Farm. Yeah, yeah, like it's always some not, shit like that. Not me, not me. But I mean, we did a good job with ripping it. Uh, I'll give you that. Yeah. So no AI this week. We're we're back to our dumb brains. Even though we found out that D D and the AI share a lot in common. You guys are like soulmates, but it's us, organic two humans kicking it on a Tuesday night as always. Happy Taco Tuesday, man. Happy Taco Tuesday. We actually didn't have tacos. Here we go. There's the horns. I didn't know you were coming with the horns, man. You got to warn me for that shit. You should know. So, hey, I know it's a dead, dead spot in the summer with sports. We do actually have a lot of sports to talk about. Uh, D was all fired up about Jonathan Taylor this week. I think it'll be a good conversation because I slightly disagree. I don't know what his points were exactly, but I was like, dude, chill out with that. Um, so it should be interesting. A good Frizz is five football related. I think we're going to ease into the football schedule this week. Uh, we are going to talk a little basketball on the lady side. Maybe a little World Cup. I don't know. We actually never figured out how we're going to fit that in. I'll save it for the end, I guess. Um, and we'll see if we have some time for baseball, which I know D, we're used to just de-ripping baseball and how much he hates them. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see where that goes. I'll do my best to respect the sport. I'll do my best. <laughs> Even though those those young kids don't want to. They don't want they don't want us to have dreads. They don't want us to have tattoos. They don't want us to celebrate. So if we can't do all three without getting yelled at by these old heads, I'm not watching your damn sport. Uh, so, D, what's got you fired up this week, man? So, I mean, the biggest one, I know this is dumb, but like for me, I woke up, you know, just was like, oh, let me go ahead and pull up the old phone. You know, you swipe and then you switch over to like your social medias. And there's a big ass fucking X on my screen. Like, I know that you had mentioned Twitter was changing its app, like from the, you know, I thought it was the verified symbol, like it was going to go from a check mark to an X. I didn't realize that they were getting rid of the bird. It literally is called tweeting, and there's no longer a bird there. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, that shit pissed me off. I was like, what What the hell is this? Why Why is, I'm all for black and white. You know, I think those, those colors are pretty dope when they're together. You know, shout out to those color combinations. But like still, like the symbol itself, I was like, this is stupid. Like, what what are we doing here? You were realizing that before you were forced to use the black mode, the, the dark mode, that that was always an option, right? You could always have dark mode. I have my phone in dark mode. Okay. In every single app that I use, it's always in dark mode. Yeah, if you don't use dark mode, I question you as a human. Yeah, it's like sleeping with socks on. I, I don't really trust that type of person. But yes, every, really? every mode that I have, it's got to be in dark mode for any screen. I See, I, I don't know why. I'm going to send a segue really quick. You got to go naked sleeping. If you're going to sleep anyway, you got to be a naked sleeper. That's different. Uh, I've, I've carried it down to just drawers. But like it used to be, it used to be shorts. I think when we were in college, it was the whole shirt and sweatpants. But like it just be too hot. It's too hot for that shit now. I ain't, I ain't got the time for it, but it's just stripped down. Just jump in. You'd be good. I am concerned that like every time I hear a noise in my house, I'm like, fuck, am I have to fight someone naked right now? Although mm. let me ask you this. Yeah, you break in like I'm not saying you're gonna break into someone's house. Hypothetically, if you broke into someone's house and you're gonna rob them, someone pops out of the room, butt ass naked, trying to fight you. Like, I'm I leaving. feel like that's that's pretty intimidating, right? I'm leaving. That's, I, they're, they're about that business. 
<laughs> and I, I mean, like I said, I'm not breaking into anybody's house, right. but like I made the decision to do that. And like, as I broke the window, unlocked the door, opened the door, was like, all right, what am I going to take? I hear doof, 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 doof. And like this, just somebody just buck ass naked. I'd be like, all right, you got this, man. My bad, wrong house. And, like it's I'm just a dip. another <laughs> level, le- level of complexity when you try to fight someone that's naked. So, I, oddly enough, there was actually a question on, um, we're going rabbit hole, but I love it. There's a question on Family Feud with Steve Harvey, and he says, name something you don't want to see when, you, when you're trying to rob a house. And somebody literally buzzes in and goes, naked grandma. And Steve <laughs> Harvey's like, naked there. what? He's <laughs> like, what are the chances of you going to rob someone's house and their grandmama just naked <laughs> in the living room? Like, that's just like, like titties down to like, Yeah, bro, that's just, ugh. Yes. I mean, that's a val- I bet you someone answered that. There's always that one person on this on the Family Feud who answers that shit. I don't think it, there was a ping, but like you got the buzzer for it. But like they somebody, the- it just wasn't a top five. Obviously, yeah, that one. Uh, uh, where were we? Twitter. I don't know how we got from we're, from we're X. About Twitter. Yeah, man. I was, I was trying to tell you last week that they changed it to X. That shit's so dumb. Uh, I don't know. I I kind of want to delete the app now that it's X, just because it sounds corny as fuck. Um. Just stay, stay well, with the they, bird, they, man. They do the same thing with Facebook. I, with Meta? the job that I, with my yeah, with my job, it's um, I work with social media and Google, and essentially, like we part of it is is Facebook, and so like the newbies, like the new hip people, hipsters, we'll call it Meta, and I'm like, it's Facebook. It was Facebook when I started, like right before, right after MySpace. Like you're not gonna get me to change saying Meta, like it's not happening. But yes, it's it's just an annoyance that we. Just got to live with, unfortunately. But before we get too sidetracked, and we'll get back to sports in a second, can we just agree collectively? Maybe we're old heads. Maybe people in the audience won't agree with this sentiment. The greatest, in my opinion, like social media, I'm going to air quotes, thing that ever was created was AIM. Oh, facts. Yeah, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in agreement with you on that one. Not only just AIM, but like AIM when you had a sidekick. I don't know if you lived through the life or the time of having a sidekick LX, but that is probably my, yeah, the sidekick LX is probably my favorite phone of all time. And it had aim on it. So like you were just readily available to, to instant message any of your boys or any of the females. I got to say that a little low, you know, (laughs) but like anybody at that time, it was just like, you got a message and you just like flipped it up, QWERTY pad, bow, split cack. Put it down. It was dope. I missed that phone. I wasn't cool enough to have the sidekick. I always, I was the guy who had to like be like A A B B C. Like no no no. I'm talking about like you press the button three times to get to C. T nine. Yeah man. T nine texting. Yep. Kids these days will never understand the the struggles of having to type, you know, fifteen letters to type one word. You talk about typing. Kids these days will not. So again, last thing before we go into sports. So when we listen to like. Uh, Amazon Alexa, right? Like, you know, an Echo. We'll put on Disney music. And like, if there's a commercial, my daughters freak out. What's happening? What is that? What? Why aren't they just singing? Why isn't it Elsa? And it's like, they will, kids will never know the struggle of being on the computer and the phone ringing and you kicked off of NabiscoWorld.com. Like you're in the middle of like downloading a you know virus for your computer because you want songs and the phone rings and you're just like, don't answer it. Like, and he's goodbye because like AOL would kick your shit off. Kids won't remember how that life was, man. That was terrible. Do you secretly kind of long for commercials? Cause I find myself watching like, like Netflix and being, being like, breaks. I kind of need a break. Like give me yeah. like that real quick three minute commercial breaks. So I can go like take a piss and grab some water. I miss yes. that. Yeah. It, although I get upset when there's too many. I'm like, I just need like one every like 15, 20 minutes. But like, if it's every five minutes, you're going to lose my interest. And like, nah, I'm good with this. But yeah, definitely need one to break up the segment. I love how we back. Yeah. And then X yeah, back to X. What we were talking about for the third time. Dumb as fuck. Yes. The remix again. Hey, and by the way, shout out, DJ. shout out to the people joining us today for the live show. We appreciate and love y'all. Uh, make sure to check out the podcast. If you are jumping in late, um, so you get the full show. And if you have to leave early, you know, the podcast, you can get filled in. Uh, D, why were you texting me incessantly this week about Jonathan Taylor? Well, first, because, can I, can I, can oh, I preface this by saying he doesn't tell me anything about Jonathan Taylor? <laughs> I get a text from D, I don't know, like 9.30 at night, which isn't late. It's fine. But it's, it's just like JT is requesting to be traded. 
And uh, if you're watching live, I'm wearing a Celtics jersey. So when I hear JT, my first thought is Jason Tatum. And I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be fucking insane. <laughs> but it was Jonathan Taylor and I didn't care. But go ahead, proceed. So again, I, to me, I'm not going to call Jason Tatum. What up, Lefty? I appreciate you being here. Uh, I'm not going to call Jason Tatum JT like I never have, never will. But no, this whole situation with Jonathan Taylor, I think... We're we're seeing that the NFL owners, no matter what the players do, will always have them by the balls. Like this situation where Jim Mersey can say whatever he wants, like publicly, and just like we understand, like that's how like everybody knows the NFL is treated. Like it's a it's a machine that's going to keep going. Like whether he dies or Jonathan Taylor is out of the league, the NFL is still going. Yes, we get that. But as an owner, you don't say shit like that. Just like as the Houston Texas owner, you don't say shit like we can't let the inmates run the fucking prison. Like th there's just things that you don't say, and he did. And with him saying, "Look, I just want to be traded. If you guys aren't going to pay me, just put put me somewhere that I will get paid, and I won't have to worry about this." And they're like, "You know what? Fuck you." Not only are we not going to trade you, we're going to put you on the the physically unable to perform list, which means you don't get paid this season. Like, that's just wrong. Like, this man has fucking, like, literally come back from injury and, and kept that team relevant for the last three seasons. And instead of paying them, they want to franchise them. Or instead of trading him, they're like, you know, we're just not going to pay you. It's just fucked up. And, like, that whole situation had me all riled up when I heard about it. Well, first to address Jim Irsay, that man gives zero fucks about everything. Yes. Do you remember what was it, like six years ago? He got caught popping pills and, and driving like all, all perked up. And nothing happened. Slap um, on the wrist. I mean, just look at just look at what happened with Washington. Dan Snyder, they've been trying to get his ass out of the league for five years now. Yes. And he would not budge. He went through scandal after scandal after scandal, and they finally got his ass up out of there. So to act like something's going to happen to Jim Mersey, you know, come on. Uh, I'm not expecting anything to happen to him. I just think what he said was still fucked up. Like people, people know it, people think it, but to say it is is even worse. Well, what I want to understand about the situation is the timeline, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, it sounds like Jonathan Taylor. He, I looked at what he was making. He's making nothing. He's on a oh. four-year, seven-point-eight million-dollar contract. So he's probably making what, like three, two million this year. He's like, Gabe, running backs have a short shelf life. I want to get paid now. Like, let me get a raise. Give me an extension. Give me some money. They were like, hey, we don't really want to give you an extension. We don't like want to, whatever. He, I don't know what he's asking for. I'm guessing he's asking for somewhere around 13 million, 14 million a year. Mm -hmm. Like, we don't want to do that. We'll talk after the season. At which point he asked for a trade, correct? Yes. My question to you is this. Was it like, I'm going to ask for a trade, but I'm still going to play through the season? Or is it like, I'm done with you guys, either pay me or get me out of here, I'm not playing with you anymore? Either way, it wouldn't matter. Well, it does, because if he shows up still, and he plays the season, he's still getting paid. So then putting him on the pup list is kind of fucked up because you're taking his, his money away. If he was going to try Le'Veon Bellet and be like, well, I'm not playing, I'm sitting out until you pay me, He's going to lose the money anyway. So to me, it's like it's comparing saying potato, potato. Like either way, if he was took a stance where he's not going to play, he ain't getting paid anyways. So like, what's the difference here? He will get paid, though. This is what I was saying. Did Le'Veon get Bell? Get, I'm pretty sure Le'Veon Bell yes. did not get paid that he, season. He still got paid. He just was getting fined. But you get fined a percentage of your salary. So like that's where it's relative. If you're saying he's making three million a year, they can't find him 10 million per game for him to not show up. And pay him five hundred thousand because, like, that's what his checks would be right around seventeen games, three million, give or take a couple hundred thousand. But essentially, like, they wouldn't be able to do that. So it would be if he gets fined, it's got to be like a five thousand dollar game fine, which is chump change when you're asking for thirteen million a year, right? So, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, if if he's gonna sit out, he's still gonna get paid. They have to pay him by contract. He can fake the injury, but for them to put him on the pup list to be like, we're not going to pay you or you play, that's where I think it's fucked up as an ownership, especially with a position that we know it takes literally one tweaked ankle and he will never get paid. Like that's of any position in the sport. Is it kind of fucked up that I think it's kind of funny? No, because like again, as a business, you see, this is the difference. Because he's like, no, is, just just the way it play out. He's like, like, he's like, well, trade me, Jim Mersey's like, 
checkmate <laughs> yeah like well the thing is and you you always do this bro like you're fading too i don't know if it's your camera or not i'm on witness um, protection now i'm back yeah seriously all you had to do was just say one thing and all of a sudden like you get blurred out by the sec um no seriously so like you're always gonna play the ownership i'm not i'm just you, I'm you just... always you always do i don't <laughs> care if you're saying you're not you always do which is fair and i'm gonna be for the players in this situation in the position for the position that we're talking about running back Somebody that has kept that team literally relevant for the past three years since he left college, and you do him like this, like just pay the man or get rid of well, him. We we did the same thing with Lamar Jackson. Stop. I looked making, at well, that. Show me what happens. I looked at that a little bit, right? In you know, you're saying that he kept the team afloat. Okay, you can say that. That's fine. The year that he won, uh, he made the All Pro team. I don't know if he was MVP. I don't think he's MVP, but the year he had no. 1,800 rushing yards. Right? Mm-hmm. They were nine and eight. So, if I'm being real with you, and I'm I'm looking at the quarterback, was it um Philip Rivers that year? No, I think it was the the Jacoby Brissett and somebody else year. Okay, I I did not look up the quarterback, but my my point is that if I'm looking at it from a management point of view, right, you have a certain amount of money to spread around, and if my guy, my running back, is having his career year, and I can barely scratch five hundred. Is that a guy that's worth paying? I don't know what percentage of the salary 15, 14 million would be, but it's like, okay, I could probably get an incrementally less running back for dirt cheap. It makes more sense because he's not moving the needle by himself. And that's the thing. Like we talked, we talked privately about the positions who get paid quarterbacks, wide receivers, Mm -hmm. left tackles. Um, cornerback. Did I mention cornerback or did I say quarterback? Uh, you said cor- no, you didn't. You said quarterback, but it is cornerback. Yes. And edge rusher. Mm-hmm. Those are the positions get, that get paid because those positions move the needle. Like if you have an elite person at that position, it directly impacts winning. Whereas like you can have that elite running back, but like I can get a second tier running back, pay him 20% of the salary of the first tier running back and not fall off that much. Right, but what teams have had a absolutely incredible running back and a great quarterback at the same time? There aren't many, and those that you do, have to like pay one Dallas or the Kirk, other. What's up? Because I mean, you're going to have to pay. I one get or the that. Other. That's what I'm saying. You have to, but like that, what you're doing is you're diminishing the value of a running back because their their team is shit. But you're going to overvalue the quarterback's position because they can elevate the team. They can go from eight and twelve to nine and seven. What? Like that doesn't make any sense. Like that, I'm not you don't pay people because of that. You pay for winning. And if that dude is keeping their team afloat, winning, it's the same as important as having a quarterback that's a shitty quarterback. But you're going to extend them because you don't have you the this. assets to get another quarterback. Who were the running backs in the Super Bowl this year? Uh, I was a rookie. It was a rookie and well, rookie for the um for the Chiefs. Pacheco with the Chiefs. Miles seventh Sanders. round, seventh round pick Pacheco, mm-hmm. and then Pacheco. the shell of Miles Sanders, uh, Boston Scott or something Boston, um, and one other guy for yep. the for the and Eagles. Who are the quarterbacks? Two of the top five quarterbacks in the league. Exactly. What my point is, like, you don't need that running back to influence winning. Do and, you think that they would have had an easier time to win if they had a job? Either one of those teams, if the Eagles had Jonathan Taylor or Derrick Henry, they run through the Chiefs with that quarterback tandem. I mean, the 49ers had the running back considered the best running back in the league, and they couldn't do shit. The 49ers had Mr. Irrelevant. Brock. The 49ers played Christian McCaffrey at quarterback. That's how fucked up their quarterback situation was. They had five QBs last season. Brock Purdy was one of them. What's his name? The kid that can't get get on the field. Obviously, Trey Lance, Jimmy, porn star, stash, fucking Garoppolo. He obviously got hurt. And they played Christian McCaffrey at quarterback. And look what happened. They still won 14 games with no quarterback because they had Christian McCaffrey still helping them. Like, come on, man. My point is, and you agree with it, that it doesn't, it's not a wise move to spend this big money on a running back. Look what happened with the Cowboys with Zeke. Look what happened with the Jets and Le'Veon Over Bell. Hill, bro. Look what happened but with the, the Jets is, and Le'Veon Bell. You talk about these running backs that were around 28, 29. They were looking for that second contract. Not the first. They were looking for their second contract. They've already played out their rookie. 
They've they've gotten paid for their first, but they got three years. So when they were 28, 29, they were looking for that second contract. Second contract, I get it, right? But like to run a player into the ground, to have them lead and yak, you know, get everything for your team with receptions, yards, and blocking, obviously, in the backfield, and off of their rookie contract, you don't want to pay them. That's when I have a problem. Second one is different, right? But yeah, that first one, that first full contract after your rookie year, you'll never get a better contract outside of being a quarterback or a wide receiver. The first one is your best one. Yeah, I mean, I'm still not paying. I'm not gonna go early and pay a running back if I'm. If we I'm know owner Trudeau. We appreciate if, it. If if I'm Jonathan Taylor, this is what I do. And I don't know if this is what I don't know how this is gonna play out. I'm like, all right, fine. I'm good to play. Like, let's go. I'll I'll just show up and play. Okay. First motherfucking practice. Oh my my hamstring. Oh my hamstring. I pulled my hamstring. I can't play. Sorry, I got injured playing football. So like, I'm not gonna play because I gotta rehab this hamstring. But I'll click my paycheck. So like. Just show up and and get hurt in practice. And that's most likely what his plan was, which is why I said this right here is fucked up. Because they Oh, so know you're that saying could, that his plan was to fake an injury, so it's fucked up for them to asked, slap him with the puck. If he asked for a trade and he's he knows that they're not going to trade him, all right, man, look, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to bust my ass, but if you see me tweak an ankle, I'm just not going to keep playing. Same thing that Lamar did. Lamar went out there and played, and he got hurt, but he was like, you know, I'm just not going to come back. How is he it, didn't not play. How is he's it, not, <laughs> how is he's it not dirty for one side play, to play? Though. How is it messed up for one side to play dirty and the other side has to play dirty? Because Jonathan Taylor isn't going to not play. If he suits up, he's going to play the same way that Lamar Jackson did. And then when Lamar Jackson got hurt, he's like, look, I told you this was going to happen. And that's what that's what Jonathan Taylor is trying to prevent. And that was my biggest thing I was trying to tell you via text. It's like, I think NFL players are soft and not, not, like, not like I'm not tough. I can't take an injury or get hurt. I mean, soft as in like they will always be willing to cave in when it comes to financials and be like, Oh, I have to play for honor and all the shit. No fuck honor. Fuck championships. Get your bag secured. These guys are always willing to cross the line. Look at last week with Saquon Barkley, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. if you guys just all stood strong and said enough is enough, you could get something done. And every time they have a goddamn CBA, they all cave in and they get nothing back, and then you you cry years later when the owners have them over a barrel because when it's come when it comes time to uh to be tough in the CBAs, they they don't want to play tough. Like how many times can you think of in your lifetime? I can't think of any times where the NFL went on strike and missed a season. I can think of baseball. People are crazy. Those baseball players will strike no matter what. The ba- basketball had a lockout. Hockey had a lockout. Every other professional sport is willing to play tough and force the issue except for football. And this is why we're in the situation today with the running backs. Well, there's also non-guaranteed money in football. A lot of those players don't make a paycheck if they, if they choose not to play. So they have to play Trudeau. I think a lot of those, a lot of those players. Yes. You have your top tier $50 million quarterbacks, $25 million wide receivers, $30 million at left tackles. We get that, but we know minimum for teams is what 300 to 500,000 not saying that that's not a lot of cake but like that's like if you're actually on the roster let alone the 10 to 15 practice squad players that aren't making that that still work at McDonald's that still are managers for UPS stores like they still have to find ways to make a living so like they can't afford compared to guaranteed contracts for baseball guaranteed contracts for 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 the NBA NFL isn't you don't show up, they literally can cut your ass. You don't get none well, of the money that you're the, supposed the to problem get. The problem with the NBA, I mean, I'm sorry, the NBA, the NFL, comparatively, comparatively to all the other sports when it comes to negotiations, is there are so many people on an NFL roster and so many of them are making dirt cheap money and are living, I don't want to say paycheck to paycheck because that diminishes like people who actually live paycheck to paycheck. I know what you're saying. But people who are making $300,000 and expect that $300,000 they are spending the hundred that three hundred thousand dollars every year, and they need that paycheck. So, like, it's hard to wrangle them all together to pull collectively towards a cause. But in the end, they end up by getting screwed because of it. I mean, I'm with you. We would just do the tax thing. I mean, last last note, but you just said three hundred thousand dollars. If you live in Massachusetts with that, what's the sixty five percent you get? Something I have like no idea. Yeah. I, so there's a. Yeah, you what take I'm saying is like not to say that they can't, but like there's still a lot of living that has to go around making $150,000 for being an NFL football player. 
like you still would need a secondary income. I was going to suggest this, and I don't know if this is a radical idea for like the next CBA. I don't think it would ever pass because we know who controls the power as far as the players in the CBA negotiations, it's the quarterbacks. What do you think about taking the basketball model and having a, a max salary for NFL football? Because it, it's getting to the point where like the quarterbacks are eating up 40% of the salary and it just... Oh, you mean position-wise? No, like... In the NFL, like there's a max a max salary, like so, like you can only pay any player twenty five percent of the salary cap. Gotcha. Okay, so I thought you meant per position. You're just saying any player doesn't matter who it is. There can only be a cap for what they well, can make. If you think about NBA, like there are max slots. Like Kevin Durant can only make certain money. Jason Tatum can only make certain money. And if we're gonna be completely honest, if there were no max salary slot in basketball. A team like the Orlando, like my Orlando Magic, would be like, "Hey, Kevin Durant, come play for eighty million dollars. Like, we'll throw the everything at you because we need something." Mm-hmm. That's kind of the situation with NFL football, where like there is no deterrent to just not paying the quarterback every cent you can. Maybe something like that could help the other positions have a more equitable share of the revenue. I mean, it's definitely possible. I'll make sure to let me write this down for Goodell. I'm gonna bring this up next time. Tell we talk. Raj, I got you. You, you know I'm already good with the owners. I'm the owner's guy, so... <laughs> I mean, I, again, great idea. Um, will it ever happen? No, because they're not going to take away money from the face of the franchise, which is the quarterback. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Very heated debate about running backs. It's funny because I'm the one who who played a running back position. And I'm anti running back. Apparently, I'm saying, bro, and like I'm defending your position. Uh, small note, just because again we're we're talking football, but like, and there's a couple of GBA guys in here. I think it's absolutely hilarious when like people bring up like old school football that they played. I'm just like, you, you probably were, you know, were shitty. Like I, I understand that you think that you were great, but no. No, like I could just, you could just tell. Like I wish I could, like I don't gloat because obviously I played fucking Dartmouth. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't amazing football, but we all know who the best corner was in in New England, and it wasn't a guy at BC. I'll tell you that. Uh, but no, I think it's funny. I think it's just hilarious whenever we talk. Whenever I see people talking about football, I'm like, I'm not part of the whole jump in and 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 puff my chest out, but I know you really couldn't play. Who me? Thank you. No, you know I meant when I see other people play Trudeau. Again, for those that are unaware, I would say it was a mixture of a dying breed when fullbacks were still around in the early the late 2010s or 20, 2007, whatever. What is that considered? Late 2000s, right? Yeah. Would that be, yeah, late 2000s I think, when the fullback was still a thing. I think the last fullback retired this week in the NFL. Yeah. It was the You're Steelers right. yep. guy. He played Speaking like, of, I, I played with uh, against and with Anthony Sherman. That motherfucker was the same size at North Adelboro. You played with him? When he played uh, like a all-star game stuff. Okay. I remember yeah, trying so to like, tackle that man and he, he gave game. me a concussion. Yeah. Oh, that's the thing. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that was the first person that I won't say got, I got knocked out by, but like my bell rung <sighs> was trying to hit him. And again, he was the same size at North Adelboro as he was when they won the Super Bowl with the, with the Chiefs. Like He was the same size. By, by the way, just a random side thought for you into the first is five. I don't know. I, I don't, I'm not going to put, put you on blast. I'm turning 34 in like a couple weeks. Mm. I feel terrible. My, my back and hips just hurt every day. I can't, like, I can't imagine playing NFL football at 33 years old, especially your running back. I think Frank, Frank Gore was playing until he was like 36 and like, Good God, man. The way I feel now, I can't imagine getting hit by huge men and doing that. So I literally can't wash the dishes and vacuum without my knee and back hurting. Just years and years of powerlifting, cleaning, squats, all of that, just like coming back to haunt you. But you also got to think for Frank Gore, yeah, he's 36 playing in the NFL. They got the best nutritionists and trainers. So like we're, we don't have that, right? Like we had trip. We we used to walk to trip or take the bus. <laughs> like we didn't have somebody driving us, like chauffeured, and then you know a little golf cart bringing us to. No, we didn't have all that. Or like you know 
we wanted a smoothie. That's all we really got was a smoothie compared to a massage, you know, after the NFL training camp. We also didn't have to get Brian Urlacher ringing our bell 15 times a game. Though. Also very true. Hey, very true. we got another Frizz's five and it ties in perfectly with our first segment. Should we get into it? Let's get it. Prepare yourselves for the greatest and most unique segment in podcast history. Let's rank some stuff with D. It's time for Frizz's Five. Woo! Hey, Bring it back for you, baby. There Bring it is. It you remember it. Yes, sir. I was supposed to edit this segment. I got busy today. I was going to replace the D and Frizz with T and Trudeau because it ain't your top five. It's my top five. I am bringing a top five list. I, I was inspired by a conversation we had last week and I guess today. Uh, and I came up with the topic. And D, you're gonna, I'm sure you're going to have your criticisms and you're going to have your list. Based on the conversation last week about Jonathan Taylor mm-hmm. and Deanne, uh, Jonathan Stewart, excuse me, and D'Angelo Williams, the sma- well, I think they were Smash and Dash or Thunder and Lightning. I wanted to talk about the greatest running back tandems of the past, of like the, the modern era, so like post 2000. Because there were plenty of guys way back in the day yeah, that I never I'm watched. Low, I wasn't going that far back. Uh, can I give you two OLIs? I have seven written down that I liked. You said outside outside looking in? Two outside looking ins, honorable okay. mentions. And I want yeah. you, you can just stop me whenever you want. Mm-hmm. I just like this one because they had a cool nickname and they were pretty fun. Smash and Dash. Lendale White and Chris, my favorite Johnson. That was a good one. I like that one. Uh, definitely, you know, CJ2K was really, really so fast. fun. <laughs> so yeah, fun. Man, that, that was and, and Linda White played off of having, you know, really good running back in college, probably the best college running back of all he time. He was USC, right? Yeah, he was on that team with the, with Reggie Bush. So, like, he went from the greatest running back of all time to the one of the fastest running backs of all time. So, yeah, it was really good. I think they might have even had Vince Young back then. So, the re- really good trio <sighs> back. It was good. Dude, nothing was more fun than college Vince Young. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Yeah. Texas Longhorns, baby. I hated that. Lindell had a lot of problems, but he just got fat. Fat Dale White. He, he had the same Eddie Lacy problem. Whatever happened Not to Chris Johnson, by the way? He, like, fell off real off the, off the cliff real fast. Uh, Chris Johnson went to the, Pan, I mean, the, uh, the Carolina, wow, red team. Sorry. Arizona Cardinals. And he really never Stunk. became it again after that. Yeah. So kind of like, the, again, your third third trip somewhere is when he kind of fell off. So that was one of my honorable mentions for like modern era, mm-hmm. best running back tandems. Mine's like a best and funnest. Like it's, a, you know, also honorable mention outside looking in. Uh, New York Giants duo, which like was wicked Let's fun. Let's go. Wicked fun. Yeah, I hope in, you got the same I got. Wicked fun in fantasy. They didn't make my top five. Uh, Brandon Jacobs and Derek Ward was like yeah. such a fun fantasy combo because de- you know Derek Ward would do all the dirty work up the field and they get into the red zone and just Brandon Jacobs would just pound, pound, pound. Brandon Jacobs would end a game five carries, two touchdowns. Like it'd be re- it'd be ridiculous. The vulture, easy sixteen points, and he actually helped. That that was uh that was the lineup that beat the Patriots the undefeated season. Yeah, that was a really fun tandem. All right, so those both were outside my top five. Now we're getting to my top five running back pairs of the modern era. Okay. You're going to like number five. Number five, Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. I like it. All you. Uh, 2017, those guys both, not one, but both guys had over 1,500 yards from scrimmage, which is insane. That's pass receiving and running. I have that up there too. I wrote down my favorites. I didn't give a ranking to them. Do you want to go five? Do you have five or? I have like 10. Okay. But I don't have a, you don't I, have an I, order. I have favorites out of those. Yeah. I don't have okay. an order. I just, I, so I, I'll, if you talk about someone that I have, then I'll talk about ones that you, we have. probably have all this like same ones. All right. Number four, maybe a little bit high on the list, but they were revolutionary in the fact that they created, a new scheme that died out, unfortunately. The Wildcat. Too low. Ronnie Brown and Ricky Williams at number four. That was when Ricky Williams kind of faded out of everyone's existence. That was it post, like, uh, going away for weed and coming back. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he had a revitalization. Ronnie Brown was awesome. Like that that Miami Dolphins team. I remember watching that game when they played Patriots. the Patriots, and <laughs> I think it was Ricky Williams who lined up at quarterback and was like, "What? Like, what, what do we do here?" <laughs> and it, like everyone's minds collectively just melted. And Bill Belichick, the master of scheme, was just got his ass handed to them. So for for. Ranking wise, I had them as number one for me. If it was just because of Whoa. what they did, the innovation of the Wildcat, like it's it so screwed, like they won like six straight games because people were like, what the hell is this? And all they did was just put, I don't even remember who the quarterback was at the time, but they just put him out on the flat and it was just uh, like, hey, Ronnie Brown, was that Pennington at that time, maybe probably. But like they, they literally was just like, we're just gonna run it. But like when you think we're gonna run it, Ronnie Brown through the pass at Auburn. So like faking just hit a little over the top. Like it was great. I great. For was, me, were, it was my number one. So obviously the wildcat died out. Like there's not, they don't want really to do it, but like was, was that combination in the wildcat, the prelude to what we see now with Jalen hurts and the Eagles, the RPO sort of stuff with the Eagles. Did that, did uh, that originate from the wildcat you think? The RPO did, yes, yeah. uh, because it was just read option. And then what happened was Texas Tech started doing passing out of the read option. And like I said, the NFL is a, is a copycat league. I don't care what anybody says. Whatever you see in college, expect it to be in the NFL five years later. And Texas Tech started, I think it was, no, it was before Mahomes. Uh, but they started doing the whole read. And then while they're doing the read, they throw it. And people it caught people so off guard, guard because people are just you're prone to look at reads. And you're like, oh, he's yeah. handing the ball off. Even if it's a play Linebackers action. Linebackers are all coming flat. down the field to stop yeah, the run. So like they, that little fake and throw it over the top, it just out of shotgun too. Yeah, they're <laughs> screwing up college players all over the country. I've always heard, and I think this is a true, true uh, sentiment about football, is that the NFL is not an innovative league. College is the true incubator for NFL offenses. Like college does some weird shit, and NFL guys are like that is interesting. We're going to steal that. One hundred percent. That's why. That's literally what I just said. Is whatever you see in college, expect yeah. it to be in the NFL in five years. Except for uh, Navy and the Wishbone. Mm, yeah, that's gone. That ain't coming back. All right. Uh, number three. This was the one that sparked the conversation. Uh, Thunder and Lightning. Jonathan Taylor. Why oh, do I keep saying Jonathan Taylor? Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo yes. Williams. Mm-hmm. I don't think we need to talk too much there. They were fun. That, that, that was, was like a long run, too. Yeah, they did it for, a, I would say, I think four or five years um, with Cam Newton mixed in there, too. So it was, it was great. That, that's a fun trio. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, this might be the best duo as far as individual talent is concerned. Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh yeah, Fred Taylor and MJD Maurice Jones Drew. Fun fact: first football jersey I ever owned, Maurice MJD? Jones Drew. Yeah, I think I remember you wearing that when you were at Dartmouth. Sick jersey. Hey, my. Yeah. I mean, go ahead. No, no, it's all you. It's your segment. No, I, I was gonna go to my number one, but if you have something on that, go for it. I was just gonna say that was a good. That was the the start of the two headed monster that was essentially needed. That was back in 06. You know, we had a lot of bell cows. You know, you Emmett Smiths um, for the Cowboys. I know that they still had like uh, one of the Dorset guys. Can't remember his name, um, but like they still have. You know, Emmett LT was kind of like coming into his own before they picked up somebody else. Lydian Tomlinson. I mean. Um, but like there was a lot of like single player running backs, and then when when um, the Jags did with Fred Taylor and Maurice Jones Drew, teams were like, "Oh, well, wait a minute, <laughs> they removed the fullback and put two running backs back there." <laughs> Split backs. <yeah>. Wait a minute. <laughs> that was a fun one, and then my number one. I feel like you're going to disagree strongly about, but I will say that one of the two running backs coined the term touchdown vulture the og touchdown vulture if you ever played fantasy back in the mid to late 2000s this guy would ruin your life if you had his teammate tandem teammate my number one running back pair at the modern era work done in mike allstott That's my number three. 
Oh, that's that's that pretty good. Memory. I mean, yeah. that was a homer pick just because like I like the Buccaneers. Mike Allstott, man, for being a big, giant white guy, he was pretty elusive and just like destroyed people. And Warwick Dunn, man, so underrated as a running back, so good. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what Warwick Dunn did at Atlanta, you know, unfortunately, it came up short when it when they did their thing with with trying to get to the Super Bowl. But like, he was able to bring that to no, sorry, vice versa. What he did in Tampa, he brought it to Atlanta. And that Mike Allstock combo is because, like you were saying, he was a physical back, but because he was so physical, if he, like, you have to prep for him to run He's you over. Dive in his legs. Which, yeah, well, that allowed him to juke you because, yeah. like, you're, he knows you're going to go low. Um, so, yeah, it was, I, I had that really high as best combo, too, just because, again, Mike, that combo of, like, <laughs> absolute, like, quickness versus and power. Yeah, that was that was a headache back then. That was I formation. If you run in trap, you run in ISO, or you're running, you know, zone right. It's a lot of people hitting each other on that play. Think about how good that Buccaneers defense and running game was when Brad Johnson was their quarterback and they won a Super Bowl. They didn't only not only won the Super Bowl that year, they won the Super Bowl by like twenty something points against the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was an absolute ass kicking. Absolute ass kicking. What uh, what what combos did I that I had not add or miss that you you want to throw on uh you hit on a, a lot of them to tell you the truth i think there was one that was missed darren Sproles and ladanian tomlinson like I, I saw said, that the, one i thought about yeah. that it will lt was again still a bell cow able to get you 25 to 30 touchdowns per season but it was the fact that when they had philip rivers in the dump off pass to, to darren Sproles, like that 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 made it very hectic for a lot of teams um you wrote about Ingram and Kamara. I like that combo. And then there was a the combo that was before them with uh, Deuce McAllister and Reggie Bush. That That's team, fair. you split that um, McAllister and Pierre Thomas. That was the team that went to the Super Bowl. As, as a Bucks fan, I hated Deuce McAllister <laughs> back like when he was in his prime because he would yeah. always kill us, man. Oh, my God. Yep. Yeah. The, I mean, you hit five and we talked about all 10 of them that were on my list. So like, I, I think we were, I think we were in tandem with it again. It's football. So I think we're pretty in sync with it. We're not talking about the band, um, but it was really good. It was really good. Notice that none of those combinations are, are modern because the running back's dead. Don't pay. Him. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't even think there's a, is there a two man combo in the league right now? Oh God. Everyone, closest, everything's a two man combo. Now no like, one's is a it an elite combo. Is it like when you talk about, I think it was the kid that just got hurt for Dallas, but last year he got hurt. And Zeke, Pollard and Zeke, Pollard and Zeke was probably the biggest two. Try to think, but like everybody else is just like a number one, and then like you just have like a third down back. So like that's not really a combo. Yeah, I'm trying to think in my head like through NFL teams. I'm trying. I'm like drawing. Oh, you know what? I got you. The Browns last year had a pretty good one too between Hunt, oh, yes. Hunt and Chubb and, and and um Hunt. Hunt and Chubb Hunt, were really, Korean really Hunt, good yeah. together. Good one. So, boom. Nailed it. Winner, yep. winner. I give myself the, the... There you go. This next segment should be interesting. We had like a little, a little thinking activity before the show. I brought up a question to D on the spot five minutes before the show started. And, you know, I've been, you know, I got a little fan duel up here in uh, DraftKings in Massachusetts. So that explains everything now. Sometimes you got to parlay some things and there's not a lot of sports. So I've been hitting my Las Vegas aces very heavily. And God, that's a really good basketball team, right? Uh, I think they have two losses. What's their record? 23 and two on the season. 23 and two. And I was thinking to myself the other day, I'm like, damn, is this like the greatest team ever and I mean that as far as respective to their league like obviously if the Las Vegas Aces played the Houston Rockets you know what I mean the Houston Rockets would whoop their ass but like respective to their own league are they the most dominant team you've ever seen and we threw around some teams in the the pre-show that we're like oh let's let's what, what about this team what about that team and I feel like you can still make a pretty good argument for this Las Vegas Aces team being the best team ever with all due respect, regular season wise, right? They're not it's done up there. Yeah, and it's not done. Yeah, they're they're just over the halfway mark. Forty games in the season, they played twenty five, but we looked at it, you know, pre show. Four all stars on one team, three starters, one reserve. There's five girls on the court. Like three of them were from one team. 
Um, well, I don't even think Golden State did that when it was Steph, Clay, and Dre back in the day. Well, let's just kind of, for people who are uninitiated, kind of recap like some of their accolades. Right? WNBA team, they won the title last year, so they've won a championship before. They're 23-2 and two out of a 40-game season, meaning they have a 92% win rate, which is insane. Undefeated at home. Mm-hmm. Their point differential... Mean, meaning like how much they average their wins by or average their, their games and by plus 15 and a half, which means over 25 games, their average margin of whatever victory or loss combined is 15 and a half. Um, and they have four all-stars on their team. And that doesn't include Candace Parker, right? Who's like legendary Hall, Famer. Bear, yeah. Bear, Hall of Famer. Yeah. Uh, some other teams we threw out as part as like, dominant comparatively to their own sport. Obviously the 2000 and was it eight or not? Or was it 2017? Excuse me. Golden state warriors, 16, 2015, 2016. Okay. The warriors that went 73 and nine, they had three all-stars. So one less all-star their point differentials was 10.8, which is insane for the, for the NBA, but five points less dominant. Yeah. And I don't know what the winning percentage on 73 and nine is, but it's not 92%. So, and that team didn't win a championship. So, like, your argument about playoff stuff could be completely mute here because we don't know if the Aces will win. But, right. like, to me, the Aces are more dominant, respect, like, respective of their own sport than even that Golden State Warriors team was. The one team that I thought was interesting, which we talked about pre-show, was the, the 2007 New England Patriots, 6-7, that went undefeated and lost in the Super Bowl, yep. famously. So we all know they went undefeated, 16-0 regular season. This is the thing that blew my mind that I didn't realize how good they were. Absolutely ridiculous. Their point differential on the season is plus 315, which is the greatest point differential in the NFL all time by 23 points. They average mar- Their average margin of victory, because they won all of those games, their average margin of victory was 19 points. Mm. That's insane man this is including the giants game at the end of the season that was a one possession score for the win yes so like i was gonna i was leaning aces to start this conversation but i think i'm pivoting (laughs) to the most dominant team ever was that patriots team i mean i know we're talking regular season but it's always going to come with the asterisks of a championship and like I, I mean, yeah, I'm with you with the Patriots as much as it pains me to say that being the best regular season team in the history of American sports. But it just sucks that all of the teams that we talk about when it comes to their best you know, record or best regular season team for each uh, respected sport all fell short of a championship like that. That to me is. Oh, wow. is mind boggling. That just hit me that the Warriors that we talked about was being the most dominant. And that Pats team didn't win a Super Bowl or would do any championships. Well, if, if I read off, I know you usually have the stats, but I'll, I put this one up too. Is the Patriots went 16 and 0. They lost to the Giants in the Super Bowl. The Warriors went 73 and 9. They lost to the Cavs in the NBA Finals. The Bruins, this most recent record, you know, oh, just shit. this year. That's yeah, right. 65, 12, and 5. They got Jesus. bounced in the first round by the Panthers. And then old school one that has been there for a while, the Seattle Mariners went 116 and 46. They also got bounced before the World Series. They got bounced in the ALCS by the Yankees. So it's like there's still an asterisk where, like, if they're able to complete, even if they go, let's just say, thirty-six and four, and that win percentage is, uh, it's obviously lower than sixteen and zero. It's hundred percent. But like that win percentage is like ninety-two percent. If they like sweep the fine, sweep their playoffs, and then win the championship. It's up there with like best team of all time for their respective sport just because they finished it with a championship. So like we'll see what happens, but that's how I would say still, you know, the Patriots regular season wise, that team was absolutely dominant. Randy Moss and Tom Brady was absolutely ridiculous. I was trying to look up who has, if you could look this up for me. Oh, here it is. Actually, it is the Mariners with the most regular season wins of all time. 2001 yeah, they Mariners, tied. they're tied with the Chicago Cubs of 1906, which we're going to just throw that one out because I don't even know if they were like, I think there was still segregation back then. <laughs> so, anything past... No, hold on. So, yo, I watched a video. This is, again, just shit on baseball whenever I get a chance. So, 
So I watched this video of this dude that was talking about Shohei Atani and like how people like he was like, stop talking to me about Babe Ruth being the best of all time because we're watching a pitcher that throws 100, hits the ball 450 feet, runs like a gazelle, and he's hitting curveballs off of Dominicans. You show me a video where the where Babe Ruth hit a pitcher, hit, hit a ball off of Dominican, and then I'll talk to you about him being the best of all time. But they didn't even have a slider back in the 1900s. And you're trying to tell me that Babe Ruth was good? He's like, they had fucking guys out there chucking meat balls of course he's hitting them shits out the park it's like i mean this dude's got a point here when you see a slider go from fucking three to six o'clock like yeah man that's a hell of a pitch to hit i, I i've heard the argument that uh babe ruth couldn't even make them uh, be this uh if he was dropped in a modern era like right now i, I i'm that, with that though. i don't think I, you could. I don't like that second thing have you ever heard the conspiracy that babe ruth was black no <laughs> no Look no, it I up. I have not heard that. Look it up. I'll have to read that one. There are uh, that's people like claim that Babe Ruth was was like was you know he he was a little bit of a little black in him. That is the first time I've heard that. Absolutely hilarious. I'm ready to debunk that story though. Just claim him. <laughs> Just claim him. Greatest baseball. We don't want him. Uh, the king. We got Hank Aaron. No, because I wanted to, two things. I want to get to what you just said. Right. Number one, I think that's a great point because I was claiming the Patriots as the greatest team respectively ever like and when I, when I mean greatest team respectively I mean like within their individual sport yeah Patriots lost Bruins this year greatest regular season lost Warriors lost Mariners greatest regular season lost so to your point while we can make counterpoints against this Las Vegas Aces team if they continue this dominant run and finish with like a 90 88% winning record and they win the title, they'll be the only team ever to be this dominant in the regular season and still get the championship. So that would make them, to me then, if they get the title this year, the greatest team ever respected to their own sport. By default. But because it's capped off with a championship. Like we, we will talk about how good the 0-2 Lakers were because of what they did in the playoffs where they went like 15-1 and before they lost that one game against the AI and the 76ers. And like their regular season is considered better because of what they did in the playoffs. But we don't say that the, the Patriots are the best of all time with all sports because they lost that Super Bowl. Right, like that championship means a lot. Same thing with the with the with the Warriors. They won one before, lost the one in the middle, won one after. So it's part of the you know the run that they had. But that season individually, it comes up short. And if we see the Las Vegas Aces, Becky Hammond, you know, coach her ass off and get this team to another championship back to back seasons, that would mean last year's dominance filtered into this year's dominance to get another championship. That's some like Gino Oriema shit from like college basketball with UConn. Like that's unheard of. Like that much of a dominance, like I would say continuous run. There's usually like some type of gap yeah. where you lose. It just happens. Well, the, the, the Warriors won the year before they went mm -hmm. on that in crazy 73 and nine run, right? So yep. this is like essentially if the Warriors, if they finish this off this year, the Aces, basically it's like if the Warriors had won that, that year of 73 and nine. Yes. It's crazy. Imagine the what if with that. Like what if, if they don't, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but question. LeBron never gets a championship in Cleveland. If he, yeah, if he, if they win that, does KD ever get a championship? Do the Warriors even grab him if they, if they beat the Cavs? Probably not. If Draymond doesn't kick LeBron in the balls, <laughs> do the, do the Cavs win? I don't think they do. Right. Like, it changed the series. They suspended yeah. him for a game. Like it changed the entire series. But again, weird ass rabbit hole to go down when it comes to what ifs. Does LeBron go to LA Lakers if he does not win that championship with the Cavs? No, he does not. That's crazy, I that, man. I know that he does what he does to try to build his brand, but I don't think he goes to the Lakers post Kobe if he didn't win. In, in so let me get this straight. You as a Lakers fan have to thank Draymond Green kicking LeBron in the nuts for your championship? No, because I still <laughs> saw five others, and I'm happy with those five <laughs> others. A lot of us can't say that they saw their team win five championships. I know you Patriots fans can, whatever, but I in, in the NBA world, a lot of us can't say that. So I'm happy with the five. Glad he got the six that I was able to celebrate. 
But you know, if he didn't, but, if LeBron didn't ever go to LA, I wouldn't have been mad. By the way, like we talked about all those teams in the NBA, MLB, NFL, and NHL, all of the four major American sports leagues, the greatest teams that we, we would associate with being the greatest regular season teams of all those sports didn't win a championship. What do you think that is? Do you think it's just like fatigue of trying so hard in the regular season? Do you think there's something to that? It was for the Warriors because they even said it. They came out and said, we wanted to go set. We wanted to break the record. And when you want to do something that doesn't happen like naturally, like you expend more energy, which I think they were slow in the round in the first round and they picked it up round two. Obviously, they, they get to the Western Conference Finals and then the, obviously they were one game away from winning the NBA Finals. But, you know, I, I think there's a lot of expectation that some people just aren't ready for. I think about the Boston Bruins with that. Like they had the best team associated and then they come up short in the first round to the Panthers. They had a ton of injuries, to be fair, right? Mm. They were like hockey's a weird sport where like a guy would be like, oh, I'm day to day with something in my arm. And then you find out after the season, like, oh, their arm was broken, broken. in half. Yeah. And I think that that was the case for a lot of the Bruins guys. I think Bergeron was like an absolute disaster. Um, and that Panthers team, like, they were no joke, man. They made it to the damn Stanley Cup Finals, which is insane. Also true. Um, I mean, you can put it together the same thing when we talk about the Patriots and the and the Giants run. I don't think it was fatigue, but I think it was. It's that you cat, was it the helmet catch one. Yeah, yeah. Well, you also don't usually beat the team twice. That's the, I think that regular season game where Eli almost did it in the regular season, it like gave them the blueprint of what to do for the Super Bowl. And not to say that like, you know, if Brett Favre doesn't throw that stupid pass in the corner to get picked off for the for the touchdown, the NFC championship, like then they don't make it there. Right. So like it never happens. But like history is just crazy when it gets to shit like that. Eli's going to be the worst quarterback to ever make the Hall of Fame. It's gonna hey, man, be- he's up there with Joe Montana. I'm a Joe Dordamuth. You know what I'm saying? I thought that was a very good conversation that we just decided to make up like three minutes for the show. Yeah, I like it. We were going to talk MLB, but you know, as always, we kind of like say, hey, if we have some time, we'll talk about baseball and it never happens. In <laughs> <laughs> the same time tomorrow, knuckleheads, we'll do our best. Let me let me recap MLB stuff. People got traded and they're hitting balls still with bats. Uh, Sounds about right. Does look like Shohei Otane is still the greatest in baseball right now. All right, cool. We're good. The show is coming to an end. But first, it's time to get to anything we've missed. It's closing time. One segment, two takes. As always, I do want to thank you guys watching live, guys and gals. Uh, Always appreciate it. I know people jump in later. Like, you know, some people are here now that hasn't been there the whole time. So check out the podcast, right? Frizz and the Grizz, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You can get the whole episode. Uh, closing takes time. You know, it's kind of an unstructured segment where you kind of go, go wherever you want. I wanted to talk about the Women's World Cup today. Okay. And I talked about it last time, or last week we met in my closing take. And basically, they played Vietnam. I was like, I don't see it this year. I know the media is like, oh, they kicked their ass. They did. Vietnam had zero shots on goal. USA possessed the ball the whole time, but something just didn't look right. And I told you this last week. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to win the World Cup. I told you last week. I was goddamn right because they haven't lost yet. They go ahead and tie the Netherlands 1-1. They had to come back and go. They tie Portugal, who's, I think, their first time in the Women's World Cup. 0-0 or nil-nil for the soccer fans out there. And they were two inches deep from losing to Portugal, not advancing to the knockout stage and being the biggest disappointment all time. I don't know how if you saw how that ended. I did not. No, I just heard about it from uh sorry, one of their their older players that used to play. She talked about it, but I didn't see what happened. So in stoppage time, it's like ninety plus minute end of the game, is nil nil. Portugal takes a shot at US goal, hits the crossbar misses by going in by like two inches and that's how the game ends so the u.s was literally two inches from being eliminated i just i don't think they're gonna win 
uh, their their next match, the round of 16. Uh, they're playing Sweden, I want to say. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what's wrong with this team. Right? They keep saying, like, the analysts, like, oh, this U.S. team has enough talent on paper to field two U.S. or two teams in the World Cup. Um, they just don't look connected, right? They, I feel like when you have a lot of pressure, you're maybe thinking too much and you don't have your instincts take over. And they haven't been playing for together for a very long time. So they just, they just don't, they seem completely disjointed and their coach sucks. I mean, I get, I wish I followed. I was sorry. I was listening to the track. I was jamming to the track in my head. Um, I don't, I wish I watched it to give a little bit more insight. What I see it as what I did have a question about too, because you said that they did advance. If they tied one to one and then tied zero zero, how did they advance over somebody else no, in their group? They did advance because it's points. So USA has five points from the win in two ties. Oh, they did get a win. I didn't know they won. We beat Vietnam the first game, which okay. we beat him zero to three to zero. Yeah, okay, and so I, there's the three point two points they get. And you were like, oh, maybe it's just like you know, jitters. It's three three goals is still good. Yep, I said that. The Netherlands played Vietnam, who's also in our group, who we tied one one. They beat them seven to zero. That's what we should have done. <laughs> Vietnam, God bless them for being there, but I think we could have college teams in the United States beat Vietnam. Yeah, I mean I, I don't really have much else for it because I didn't watch it, but you know more about it saying if you believe that this might not be their year and they're just underplaying their potential, like that's not a good thing. You don't want to play with house money, especially when you're the expected favorite, because in the knockout rounds, I know this much, you lose one game, you're done. Like there is no like second chance for it, especially when you have the uh, the high expectations like they do to win being the best women's team in the world, supposedly. So the one thing I think about this team going forward, like they absolutely could win some games in the knockout round. In the past, like it's been, we just obliterate teams, or like we are seventy-five to eighty percent chance of winning the game. I feel like every game going forward is a coin flip. Yes, can we win the next game? Absolutely, fifty-fifty chance in my books. Can we win the game after that? Sure, but like you need to win four in a row, and that's four coin flips that you need to have go your way. Heads, 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 heads. I just don't think they can. They would come four in a row. What I am going to do, which sounds crazy, is I think their defense is good enough to like hold games tight. And I think that we've seen either USA wins or it's straws, right? I think they play teams close. I'm actually going to put a little money on the U.S. being eliminated by a penalty Ooh. kick shootout. Like that's really? a very, 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 very specific way of elimination you can bet on. You're getting like plus 12,000 juice on that. I just have a feeling it's going to come down to like one of those one-one games, where we can't score, we play tight defense, and we get eliminated because of PKs. We must have to calculate on this one. You said plus twelve thousand, twelve thousand odds. What's that mean if you put down a hundred bucks on it? You win twelve thousand dollars. I'm oh, gonna put. I'll, I'll put ten bucks in that. Our money. I'll put ten bucks on that to win a hundred and twenty. Why not? Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's an easy an easy bet for it. Um, good for you. Good luck. I'll be doing my best to try to tune in Sunday at 5. I can't promise you that I will be able to watch it, but I'll do my best. Sunday at 5, 5 a.m., right? Is that when it is? It says 5 a.m. Dude. So I know that I'm going golfing. I won't be watching it now that I think about that. You're going to be <laughs> at golfing at 5 a.m.? No, probably like 7. So it'll, it'll game, the game will be over. It's insane. Sorry. Try my best. But... Seems like you want to take up all this goddamn time with some damn women's soccer. I'm going to do my By best. By the way, equality in this ahead. podcast. Women's soccer, women's WMA basketball. Growing. And We're Babe growing. Ruth being I black. I already, yep, Babe Ruth is black. Um, what I will take this time before we wrap up and get out of here is thank the followers. Thank the viewers. Thank everybody that's been able to watch us for the past 50 episodes august 1st 2023 is the won't say anniversary we're saving that for next week but is our 50th episode and we wouldn't be able to do this the way that we do this without you guys being here so when you guys download and listen to us you know wednesday mornings when you head into work you you know you jump up on spotify or apple Podcasts, we greatly appreciate it when you guys join up web uh, go to our website even if it's just a click we greatly appreciate it 
And when you guys are in here commenting, even if you have some wild takes off of what we're talking about, it is all love and appreciated. We wouldn't be what we're at right now without you guys being here. So I don't have a drink to celebrate with it, but if you guys want to take a drink or take a take a shot on us. Hold on, hold on, hold again, on, hold on. Hold oh, on, yeah, hold go on, ahead. On. Take one out for us. Episode 50, man. This is this is some serious stuff. Here we go. I don't got mine. Mine's in the fucking garage. I'm not going to grab the Hennessy. I got a playoff or oh, playoff implication type of night tonight. This is yep. for all the all the, the loyal viewers out there that joined there us go. for our dumb shit. For those that every week we t we talked about sleeping naked and fighting people naked at the beginning of the show. We've talked about all sorts of shit, and it's all for you. Yes, absolutely. If those are the, that are not listening or not watching live, Trudeau is is taking a shot of Hennessy because again, Babe Ruth is black. But we'll do it the right way. Hey, Amen. Again, it's all love. We appreciate you guys being here. Episode 50. We still got another 50 to come up. Up. The party is going to be incredible for episode 100. We'll probably do something wild, strange, and crazy for other freaky things. But every time... Don't play that yet, man. Don't play that yet. Every time we head in the out of here, we got to make sure that, please, y'all, hit us up on the socials. Hit us up on Facebook. Hit us up on Twitter. We don't have an Instagram because he doesn't know how... To he doesn't know how to make one. Hey, uh, but we will. We you are do that. I want off that X bullshit. Whatever. You can do that. X will give it to you. Please make sure you follow your boys on Twitch. Hit us up on any social media platform. Y'all take care of y'all bread. Y'all take care of y'all chicken. Y'all make sure to take care of y'all mentals. Please take care of y'all physicals. Happy Tuesday, y'all. We'll catch y'all on the rebound. 50. Peace. Hey, they got a website that you can hire girlfriends for the day.